episode of Battle Worth Fighting, where we share stories of hope and restoration for men that have fallen. Our next guest is a good friend of mine, Zach Thomas. He's going to be sharing his personal journey and struggle with identity through accomplishments and titles. Uh, he's a man with many titles, a West Point grad, Army Ranger trainer, um, author of several books. Zach, glad to have you here on our show. Thanks, Jeff. It's, it's an honor to be here. So, Zach, tell us a little bit about your backstory and your journey of um, just how you chased, pursued, uh, striving and accomplishments. And at what point did that fig leaf no longer work for you? Yeah, um, well, so I'm an only child, grew up uh, on a farm in, in North Georgia. Growing up here, my mom and my dad were both very supportive of everything that I chose to do, wanted to do, um, got involved in, in scouting and became a, a, an Eagle Scout at, a, at an early age, um, one of the youngest ever. Um, I received my Eagle at 12. Um, I was, you know, salutatorian of my class in high school. Um, I ended up in 95, ended up being the Eagle Scout of the nation. You know, so the, the list just, you know, continues. And I'm going to stop there because it just, you know, the, the, the things just continue. But it was like the, the performance and achievement thing was just um, so much a part of, of who I was. And um, I don't know really why or how um, it got there. Uh, looking back, uh, you know, I, I can just see that, you know, my, my parents were just trying to be encouraging and, and loving. Um, but, you know, when you, when you, as I've, I've done some therapy and, and um, walked through some of this stuff pretty deeply, it's, um, it's really when you start looking at what is it and how do you receive love and connection? And in my head, it was, I receive love and connection when I'm performing or when I'm achieving. And when I'm not, I don't. And so, you know, that led to a pattern of addiction that, um, you know, unraveled me in, in the last decade. You know, I would, when I, as I share this story and as I share my, my story of addiction, um, a lot of people look at me and say, oh, you know, well, at least your addiction isn't something that, that, that you're ashamed of. And, you know, or at least your addiction isn't something that, that is shameful. Um, I'm like, well, um, it depends on how you look at it. Right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the world celebrates my addiction. Um, it encourages my addiction. Nobody says, you know, hey, Jeff, you're doing great. You need to drink more alcohol, you know, um, or Jeff, you're, you're amazing. You need to look at a, a lot more pornography, you know, um, you know, like nobody says that, but, but with my addiction, everybody says, oh, Zach, you know, you're, you're amazing. Let me pat you on the back. Let me, let me, you know, encourage you to, to do more. And, uh, and, 
it it literally um it, it ended up putting me in the hospital uh, more than once um and i guess i can i can share that story here here in just a moment but um but yeah there that was my past that was my history ended up like you said i went off to the united states military academy at west point um graduated in the in the top of my class um and it was just like everything that I did was to prove to the world that, you know, I was bigger, badder, um, better than, than everybody else. And so, um, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, detrimental place to approach life. So what was the tipping point for you, Zach, where, where things kind of finally came to a head and you realized that you had to face this part of who you are? Yeah, so I was a, a Chick-fil-A operator, um, became a Chick-fil-A operator back in 2008. And of course, I took my performance and achievement addiction to that and, um, and was doing pretty well um, as an operator. And I, uh, somewhere along the way decided that, um, it would be cool to, uh, to get my MBA and, uh, reached out to long story, but I had a connection with the university, um, reached out to the, to the president of the university, which had become a friend of mine and, um, and asked about the possibility of pursuing a, master's in business administration there, um, got enrolled, uh, the VA, um, being an army veteran, uh, the VA was paying for it. So it, it wasn't even a cost for me. It was, it was, uh, just, uh, an opportunity to get a credential and put, you know, a few letters behind my name or something. And, um, I got into that program and was doing really well. In fact, one of my professors told me that he had been teaching for over 20 years and that I was the best student that he had ever had in, in over 20 years in terms of getting my work done, the quality of my work, and getting my work done on time. And, uh, and, you know, I, I couldn't just make C's and pass classes. Like, I, I, you know, I had to be the best. I had to make perfect grades. I had, you know, like it just was part of, of my, um, my DNA at, at the time. And I'll never forget, I was sitting at my kitchen table. This was around you know, Thanksgiving of 2018. And, and my daughter comes to me and says, daddy, you're no fun anymore. And I was like, wow. Okay. What, what do you mean by that? And she's like, well, you're always working on this schoolwork and you know, we, we never have time for, for anything else. You're, you're not playful anymore. You don't, you know, so this was, she was 10 at the time, 10 or 11. And, um, 
and it just it just it hit me like a, like a freight train and i remember just looking at my computer i was working on an assignment and i just said yeah you, you know you hear stories of addictions where people just quit cold turkey right like they just just miraculously quit <laughs> and this was that moment for me it was just like I'm, I'm looking at my computer screen and i'm working on an assignment i'm looking i'm just like looking back and forth between my screen and my daughter and i just said you know what i'm done i quit close close my laptop and um, next day emailed my professor and said you know i i, I quit and they're like, all you have to do is turn in this one last assignment and, you know, class is over and you're going to get an A plus. And I'm like, no, no, I need an F. Like, I need you to fail. You know, this was like the final project, this, this thing. And I'm like, I need you, I need you to fail me. Like, I need, I need this. Um, I, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I, I ended up sending an, a long email to my, uh, to, to my friend, uh, the, the president of the college and, you know, explain to him what I was doing and why I was doing it. And, um, and so that began a, a series of just unraveling. I began to just pull the plug on, on so many different things and just, say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm, I'm going to cancel this. I'm going to cancel that. And, um, and so I just, I began to do that. And, um, 2019, you know, this is pre COVID the world's rocking and, uh, and I'm just, I'm pulling the plug on everything. And, um, it was right around my birthday. Um, so this was, this was three years ago, um, right around my birthday, 2019. And, um, I was beginning to have symptoms of, of what I, I felt like were a heart attack. I, my, my chest was hurting. Um, I was having difficulty breathing. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I was scared. And, um, so go to the hospital, they do a stress test. They're like, you're fine. Um, go home and just take it easy and, and um, let us know if you have any more problems. So about two weeks later, same thing. I'm, uh, I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm dying. Like I'm, I'm having a heart attack. And um, so I go back in and I convince the, the doctors that, um, you know, they're, they're convinced enough that they, they must've missed something on the stress test. Um, and so they, they actually do a heart cath, um, literally, you know, stick a camera in my arm all the way to my heart. And I was awake for the procedure and I'm, I'm literally laying on a bed, um, looking at my heart <laughs> on this big screen TV and the doctor's like, there is nothing wrong with you. 
um, it's stress, it's something else. And I, and I remember after the procedure, I was talking with the doctor and I was just like, it can't be stress because I've never been in a place where I've eliminated so much in my life. I've, I've deleted so many things off my calendar. I've gotten rid of so many obligations. Um, I'm not pursuing, uh, you know, all these titles and recognition and you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm stepping back from my performance driven self and all of that. I don't know what it is. And so, but it can't be stress. It can't be anxiety because, you know, I'm making money at work. Like things were going well. I get home, I'm debriefing with, with one of my friends who happens to be a therapist Rob asked me the question, like, well, well, what do you think it is? So I don't, I don't know, man. I said, but honestly, I feel like that I've never in my life disappointed more people than I have this year in 2019. And it was in that moment I realized that's it. That's it. That's where my stress and anxiety is coming from. It's, it's this, it's this feeling of, of disappointment and letting people down and not coming through for people and performance and achievement. It wasn't, it wasn't the, it's kind of the opposite of what you would think. It wasn't the actual, you know, I'm going 90 miles an hour, hundred miles an hour, trying to accomplish things that put me in the hospital. It was the lack thereof because my body and my DNA and who I had become was so used to doing those things and accomplishing those things and being that person that when I started saying no to people and performance and achievement, it put me in this, this tailspin of, of anxiety and, caused me to have heart attack symptoms. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the story. Uh, here I am, you know, three years on the other side of that. And, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm fully recovered. Um, you know, once an addict, always an addict, right. Um, And so, you know, there are moments of relapse. There are moments of time where I find myself, you know, uh, asking why, why am I doing this? Is this for prestige? Is this for title? Is this for um, recognition? Is, is, what is this for? Um, I, I just recently went through a major, major thing in my life. And this is the first time I've, I've ever shared this in public. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Chick-fil-A franchisee and kind of the, the pinnacle of, of being a Chick-fil-A operator, Chick-fil-A franchisee is to, is to be multi-unit. And I relocated back in, in 2017 from a high volume unit in, in Marietta, Georgia, to a lower volume unit in my home community, Polk County, um, opened up in, in Rockmart, Georgia. 
Rock Mart is about 15 minutes from my house, which I live in Cedar Town. And at the time, you know, Chick-fil-A wasn't looking at Cedar Town. Um, Rock Mart was, was the, the only uh, location that they were looking at in, in Polk County. And so even though, um, you know, I'm from Cedar Town, we do a lot of life in Rock Mart. And there's a lot of, you know, community overlap between Cedar Town and Rock Mart. And um, I, uh, I became an operator there in Rock Mart September of, of 2017. And everything's going great. Wonderful. Sales are growing. Um, you know, besides a worldwide pandemic, which shook everybody <laughs> um, and, you know, had some significant challenges and we're dealing with profitability issues now due to rising fuel costs and labor costs and, and all that stuff. Um, the, the opportunity presented itself to apply for a multi-unit situation because Chick-fil-A is now looking at Cedartown. And I got wind of it kind of before um, they put it out to the public. My, my uh, ops lead, you know, gave me a heads up, said, hey, Zach, I think, you know, you should go for this. Um, I said, well, yeah, of course, like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, um, and so we began the process of, of uh, pre positioning ourselves and preparing for, for multi-unit to the tune of, you know, um, promoting people on my leadership team and developing and growing my leadership team to be prepared to kind of split and, and run multi-unit. Fast forward to, um, you know, where we are today. I literally, um, I, I want to read you something that uh, I sent to kind of the, the decision makers that were a part of this, you know, thing. And, and here's the, here's the bottom line. Um, you know, I, I, I personally know the, the president of Chick-fil-A. He's a, he's a good friend of mine. And I had a personal conversation with him back when this thing first came about and his thing was Zach. He said, you know, I, I, uh, we, we all know that you're, a high performance operator, you've got a great reputation, but here's the bottom line. This situation is really too far. Um, now this may sound crazy to people out there listening, but most multi-unit situations are less than 10 miles apart. This situation is 13 and a half, 14 miles. And so we're talking about three and a half, four miles difference. And, uh, but it, it, it really is that big of a deal for Chick-fil-A. So back on, um, May 9th, my, uh, ops lead and area director came out to the restaurant and, um, sat down with me face to face and said, Zach, we just, we just don't see this as a, as a multi-unit situation. And honestly, I was, I was devastated. I was, I, I didn't know what to do with that. Because it was like, well, you know, this is, I have, I have seven children. Um, this is my home community. Like, what, what is the, 
this should have given me a clue pretty early on, but my, my, one of my biggest concerns was what is the community going to think? What are the people in Cedartown going to think? Like people already give me a hard enough time. Like they don't understand the process and they're like, why did you, why did you open in Rockmart first? Why didn't you open in Cedartown? I'm just like, well, that wasn't really my choice. Like Chick-fil-A was looking at Rockmart first and i would rather be there than stay in marietta you know like and i love rock mart my kids take dance in rock mart we used to go to church in rock mart like like it's it's a great town and in fact my wife's family has was from there for the most part her grandfather settled on the rock mart side of polk county in like 1849 like you know our family is it, it is also our home you know and, um, and so people didn't really understand that they didn't understand why, um, you know, I, I, I opened in Rockmark first and I'm sitting here thinking now they're definitely not going to understand like why I'm not going to open in Cedartown or why I'm not going to be multi-unit. And so, um, so they come out, um, to my restaurant and they sit down with me and, and this is not, you know, it's not normal that, I mean, normally it's like a phone call or, or something, but the gravity of this situation, I feel like, you know, Chick-fil-A really honored me and, uh, and coming out and sit down with me face to face. And I just said, thank you for, for making the drive out today. I do feel honored by your commitment to our relationship. Um, and, I think you're going to play this song later, but I was like, I listened to this song this morning before our meeting and we'll continue to listen until I receive some peace and clarity. And it's this, this nothing to hold on to. And so, um, you know, that is, uh, actually you're going to play that as the intro. So that was, uh, that's that. So the song that you listened to prior to our conversation, we'll, we'll put, we'll put it on the tail end. We always, okay. we always do the song after the guy shares. So, okay. Gotcha. We'll be on so, the tail end. Yeah. So that, that's my song. Uh, nothing to, nothing to hold on to. Um, but then, uh, you know, a few days later I said, Lauren and Shelby, I wanted to check in with both of you this morning and let you know how I'm doing after much prayer. I'm feeling better. I picked up the book. Ego is the enemy. Even though it's a stoic text, our president, Tim Tisopoulos recommended it a few years ago started reading it again for the second time as I believe that's the root cause of my anguish. Also, God gave me a verse this morning, rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I said, it still very much feels like a loss of hopes and dreams. But I keep reminding myself that, I'm my, I, I, that my trust is in God, not Chick-fil-A. I wrote two things on my board in my office in January. Trust God no matter the outcome. And slow and steady wins the race. Every year at the beginning of the year, God gives me words that help me through the year. And he knew that I would need these words now. 
So I had two requests. So this is requires a little bit of explanation. So um, when Chick-fil-A activates a new unit and makes it eligible for application, they activate it one of two ways. They activate it multi-unit first or they activate it standard activation. Years ago, um, what they would do is depending on the location and how they would, you know, it, they wouldn't even activate it multi-unit first. Um, and, uh, but they would, they would just do it standard activation if it was too far apart. Well, this is, uh, now they've decided to honor the operator. They're going to activate all new units, multi-unit first. And so I said, if I have no chance of being selected as a multi-unit operator of Cedartown Rock Mart, please do not activate it multi-unit first. It just feels like a cruel joke. And, um, so fast forward, they ended up operate. They ended up activating it multi-unit first because they said they had no other choice because that's now their policy. So I prayerfully decided that I needed to apply or I needed to express interest, and the reason being is because I needed to not that I thought I was going to get it. In fact. Um, I felt like I was, I was setting myself up for a pretty major disappointment, but, um, I, uh, I needed to apply because I needed them to, to tell me, no, I needed, I needed that, um, as part of, uh, is, is part of my journey. Like I needed a, uh, to, to face that head on the potential of this major, life achievement, performance objective, I needed, I needed a no, um, because people don't, people don't tell Zach Thomas no. And, um, and so just a few days ago, um, I got the official, like, we got your, we got your expression of interest and the answer is no. And so, um, I responded, um, just this week, you know, so this is, this is, this is real time. You know, I responded this week, um, saying that I'm good. Please know that I found peace in my heart and mostly in my head, because some of it just doesn't make sense in my head. So I said, and mostly in my head, I'm ready to move on. God has used this to help me further define my identity apart from Chick-fil-A. And for that, I'm grateful. So Zach, let me ask you a question. As you've gone through this journey and this dismantling and unraveling, and now you've gone through real life experiences where things didn't work out. And so what are, what are some practical ways that God is filling those holes that still need to be filled in terms of your identity, in terms of your worth and detaching your worth from successes and performance what are some practical ways to kind of as we kind of wrap this up today kind of leave our audience of, of what are some ways that you've done that well i'm still very much you know learning that and figuring that out but i do know that you know some of our our, our basic psychological human needs are love love and connection and significance you know and if I'm not going to meet my need of significance through performance and achievement, 
then, you know, in order to receive love and connection, like what, what am I going to do? And so really where my, where my heart has shifted um, and my focus has shifted is, is toward my children. And, you know, if I can, uh, I, I don't know what uh, uh, success looks like um, in that uh, realm. I don't, I don't know if that's, you know, um, my kids not coming to me and saying, dad, you're no fun anymore. Or if that's, you know, my kids all, I don't, I don't know what the scorecard is. I, I don't, um, you know, other than just feeling love and connection with my, my children. And so really that is where I've, I've shifted my focus. Um, and without being, you know, uh, overbearing and, um, you know, trying to make them into performance and achievement addicts as well. Um, that's the last thing I want. Um, I just want to have love and connection with my children and that my significance would be drawn from the fact that, um, one day they'll look back and say, you know, my dad was, was at every dance recital and my dad was at, um, you know, every jujitsu tournament. And, you know, my dad was there when he, when I needed him through prayer and support. And so, you know, that, that's what I'm pursuing now. And of course, you know, in, in God's kingdom, uh, it's, it's a slippery slope when you look at religion and performance and achievement inside the religious structure of things. Um, we can, we can take, uh, we can take all this to our, um, role in the church or something. And, and, uh, and, and I think I had a, I'll tell you a quick story. I had a, had a team member one time come to me and he said that his church had approached him about being a, a deacon. And he said, Zach, you know, do you, do you think I should do it? And I said, well, his name was Tony. And I said, Tony, here's the deal. I said, if you can get up every morning and look yourself in the mirror and say, the reason I'm doing this is because I love God and he loves me and there's no other reason, then do it. But if you're doing it because you get a feeling like I'm important or um, I'm obligated or it's some sort of, you know, um, duty and obligation, performance and achievement thing, then don't don't do it. <laughs> and so um, I think if we use that as a filter, you know, for pretty much everything that we do, it's like, is it pure, undefiled? love or what's what's the motive what's behind it and we start looking at the things that we do and asking that question and saying why am i doing this it'll it'll really give us insight into whether we are a performance and achievement addict or not because it's a sneaky one it's it's a hard one to identify Zach, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your story. Um, as I was listening, you know, was, I always, I feel like I get the front seat 
to the to the to a real life venue when 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 we do these shares and these different podcasts. So thank you, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being authentic. Thank you for uh, just sharing your personal story. You know, um, I have so much respect for you as a man as we've done life together in our small group the last year and a half, and as we continue to do life together. And uh, and thank you again, Zach, for for being our guest. Very much appreciate it.